0: in the Lord. And this word strong. Why don't you shout that word this morning? Strong. Strong. Come on. We want to be strong in the Lord. We're not wimps. We're not pansies. We're not going to back down amen from the enemy, but we're going to be strong. Remember we talked about that scripture that uh, there's a scripture that says when we, it talks about when we finally see the enemy, we're going to say, is this the one that brought down nations? In fact, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like Lightning from heaven wasn't a battle, just like that. And so that's your enemy. He falls in the face of your God just like that. Come on. So there's no reason for you not to be strong in the Lord. Now listen, we are believing God that we will become strong in our spirit, strong uh, in our body as we seek the Lord, strong in mind, and we we just want to absorb his mighty presence as we go forward. We will be strong in prayer and strong in battle. Uh, we started out talking about being strong in fervent prayer. Come on, heaven doesn't want to hear just some prayer that you're not really sure that you're a Christian and God might do something. Come on, God says, come boldly to the throne. If you're a parent here this morning, you'll know what I'm talking about. you ever had one of your children come up to you and say, well, I kind of wanted, I was just wondering. You said, what are you trying to say? Just go ahead and say it. I want you to feel comfortable. Now, the answer may not always be yes, because I have your best interest in mind. But don't ever be afraid to come to me and talk to me. I want to know what's going on with you. And so God is the same way. He's saying, don't be afraid to come boldly to the throne. I want to hear your prayer. I want to know what's on your heart from your own lips. Now, can God read your mind? Of course he can. But you can't even get saved without confessing with your mouth. That's what the Bible says in Romans. It doesn't say confess it. It doesn't say lay on your bed and think, Lord save me. It says confess with your mouth. God wants to hear it in prayer. And this week we're going to talk about being prepared for spiritual battle. Last week we talked about Strong in spiritual battle and what that means and how the enemy can come against you and how uh, he uses the world, uh, how the enemy comes against you, Satan, and hit the wiles of the devil. And your biggest enemy is your flesh. Come on now. Satan is not your biggest enemy, folks. Your biggest enemy and my biggest enemy is this flesh right here. Because the enemy that has fallen like lightning from heaven can only give you thoughts ideas and suggestions the devil cannot make you do anything despite that worldly saying the devil made me do it no he cannot make you do anything he gives you thoughts ideas and suggestions and you do it come on now we're responsible we got to stand up and take some responsibility our flesh is the biggest culprit of our downfalls saints saints And so we have to recognize that if we're going to fight this spiritual battle. Now what God wants us to know is that you are in a spiritual battle whether you want to be or not. Whether you like it or not. Whether you choose it or not. Whether you volunteer or not. You are in a spiritual battle. The enemy is fighting for your soul. And God wants you to stand up strong as we fight this spiritual battle. And so we're going to talk a little bit this week about preparing for spiritual battle. So we're talking about the word strong. Where are we talking about? A strong person. Here's my strong person profile. Strong person profile goes like this. A strong person is a person who is marked by great strength, moral power. It takes morality, come on, to be strong. Because you'll be very weak if you live an immoral life. And abundant resources. This person is superior in faith. Are you a person that others would look at and say, boy that person has faith? In other words, not only do they speak it with their mouth, but they live it out by their actions, what they believe this word says. Come on. A person superior in faith, prayer, and passion. You must be a person of prayer. You cannot go days and weeks without speaking and hearing from the Lord and know that you are in God's will. How can a married couple go weeks without speaking and communing and know what each other wants and likes? Come on, you can't do it. How can you and your best friend go for weeks and years without talking? You'll you'll grow apart. It's natural, and that's what will happen with our relationship with the Lord if we do not pray. We need to have a prayer life, and that prayer life has to be filled with passion. Come on, not weak. I bet God would rather you just not pray if you're going to come and pray some weak, canned prayer. Well, Lord, prop us up on every leaning side. Bless everybody in the congregation. Bless this food. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. That's the same thing you say every time. In fact, even at our dinner table, our kids pray. They they say grace, they say the blessing over our food. And one of the things we've done this year is they've stopped with the canned prayer. Come on, they stopped with God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food. And they have to now pray their own prayer, even over the food. Because God wants to talk to a real person and not a puppet. Come on. He doesn't want to talk to a robot what's on your heart And so we're teaching our children at a young age to pray and pray from your heart forceful when moving against obstacles that's a strong person profile tenacious and tough when fulfilling God's will what does this mean this means that you will not be denied the will of God you will not be denied no matter what the enemy throws in your path No matter what your flesh comes up with, no matter what thoughts come in your mind, I will not be denied what God has for me. That's a strong person profile. Now, what does it mean to be strong in spiritual battle? Here we go. A person who is strong in spiritual battle has done what? They have sincerely surrendered their life to God. When you think of battle, you think of preparing, getting weapons together, and being tenacious, and going into battle, you know, and doing your thing. But the first thing you must know is if you're going to win this battle, you have to be surrendered. Sincerely surrendered. And not just a part of you, but your whole life has to be surrendered to God. Now I'm talking about getting a victory. Do you just want to play around a little bit or do you want to get the victory? Come on, saints. Your life has to be surrendered. Come on, a person strong in spiritual battle, they believe that God is giving them everything needed to be victorious. It's already in you. In the spiritual realm and to be strong in the stand against all forces of darkness. What does that mean? That means that God has equipped you. He has provided for you everything that you need to win this battle. Remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about soldiers getting ready for war. Well, they go to the government goes to contractors and they make all of the weapons and all of the bullets and all of the bombs and everything that the, those soldiers need. But before they run into war, they've got to go stock up with all that stuff, got to get their belts ready, right? Got to load up the truck and then go in. If you don't go get the artillery, you're never going to win the war. Because you'll go into the war not only unprepared, but you'll go into the war unequipped. And so God has provided everything that you need for this spiritual battle, but you've got to put on these things. You've got to gather these things together. Come on. Everything you need, God has given you. You live in the presence of evil powers that seek to destroy your life there is no truce no hiding and no retreating we're talking now about preparing for spiritual battle you need to believe that the invisible world exists and you must make a definite decision to do all that is necessary to be ready for this spiritual battle now i'm not telling you to give any homage to the enemy that's not what i'm telling you but if you don't know that you have an enemy you'll never fight a battle and if you never fight the battle, you'll always lose the battle. Come on. You've got to recognize that your enemy is there. Recognizing that he is weak. Come on. Weaker than your God. But you have to recognize that he is there. And Jesus put it this way. He said the enemy comes to do what? Steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he comes to do. He told Peter that the enemy would sift you through his hand like wheat if he could. But he said, I come that you might have life and not only life, but have it not abundantly, more abundantly. Come on. God came that we would have a more abundant life. That's why right. I give the Lord some praise for that. Come on. A more abundant life, not a weak life, not shrinking back, not watching life pass you by. I remember one football coach said you play to win the game. Come on, that's the reason we're here in life, is to overcome, to be on top and not on the bottom, to be the head and not the tail above, never again beneath. That's why you're here. And if you're not there today, fret not. God has a plan. He has a way. Come on. And he has the word to give you to empower you to overcome, no matter where you are. In fact, if you think this morning for one moment that you are so far down that you can't get up. Come on, sounds like a country song, doesn't it? Old blues song. I've been down so long, I don't even think about getting up. If if you feel this morning that you are down, you've been down for a long time, you can't overcome in some area, and you feel like you never will be able to do it, you are slapping God in the face. Because you're saying he's not powerful enough to give you what you need to overcome and I'm here to tell you that your God is powerful enough to cause you to overcome all you have to do is follow what he tells you to do you see the reason why you are in the situation you're in now is because you didn't follow what he told you to do well guess what are you still breathing well if you're still breathing there's still opportunity to say you know what I'm in the pig's pen but guess what I've come to myself I'm gonna go back to my father's house Even if he makes me a servant. And when you get back there to your surprise, he'll say, no, you are still my son. You are still my daughter, no matter what you have done. And all you have to do is come back in the house. Come on, I'm putting a ring on you. Putting a robe on. Kill the fatted calf and you will overcome. But we need to prepare for this thing. If you stay in the pig pen, that's where you will be. The remainder of your days. No, you need to say, look, I'm going to prepare for spiritual battle." Now, the very first thing to me to do to prepare for spiritual battle is the first thing you need to do is wake up. You need to wake up. Come on, look at somebody around you and kind of don't yell at them, but, but use a, a little bit of a loud voice and say, wake up. Come on, we need to wake up. The Bible says weeping endures for a night, but what? Comes when? And I, and I heard a praise and worship leader one time say, the morning is not just when the sun comes up. But the morning is when you wake up. Come on, wake up. Now it's morning. To awake is to what? Is to cease sleeping. To be aroused. To awake. To stir up. To be alive. Come on. I'm getting in this thing. I don't care how far down I am. I'm getting back in this thing. And I'm going to overcome. Wake up. Don't miss your wake up call. You know, a funny thing. To me is when when you go when you go on vacation or you go maybe away for work at a conference you know that type of thing and uh you know you go to you stay in a hotel overnight in a hotel I, I heard this and I think I said this before but I heard a commercial one time for a hotel that they said that our beds are so comfortable that you won't even hear your wake-up call and it sounds good, doesn't it? it? sounds like, man, that's where I want to stay, in the bed that's so comfortable that I won't even uh, hear my wake-up call. But I began to think about that, and I thought the only reason why you're out of town is to do whatever it is you're doing that next morning. And if you miss your wake-up call, why did you even go out of town? Just save up and buy a mattress that comfortable at home. You don't want to miss your wake-up call. No, you want the wake-up call. God, wake us up wake us up Romans 13:11 says knowing the strategic season that it is an hour now for you to awake time is running out wake up wake up so what God is telling us this morning now as you know I like to sometimes have us participate in the service and now is one of those times I want you to say this prayer with me, if you would, this morning. Come on, this prayer. Here we go. Father, create a pure heart and a steadfast spirit within me, cleansing me and blotting out my transgressions by the power of Jesus' blood. Do not keep a record of my sin because I have truly repented and turned away from my wicked ways. You are my healer and restorer. And I close the door to the enemy today and align myself to the cross of Christ. I am free. Come on. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. Now, I'm not trying to be like the enemy, but maybe some of you, I did trick you a little bit there on this prayer. Because it says... Do not keep a record of my sin because I have truly repented and turned away from my wicked ways. So if you hadn't planned on turning away from your wicked ways, you just told God that you have turned away from your wicked ways. (laughs) All right, so now you got to live up to it or you've lied to the Lord. (laughs) But we need to start out with a clean slate. God does not impute sin unto us, but he imputes righteousness, doesn't he? But it's up to us to confess all these things, get it out. Don't be harbored by past sin. Now, I'm talking a little bit that there are consequences, but what I want to tell you this morning is the enemy will condemn you and he will keep you down. He'll keep his thumb on you by things of the past. Don't allow him to do that. Shake that thing off. Come on. Me and, me and Elder, Elder James Carter used to love a song that she, the lady used to sing, Shake Yourself Loose. Come on, shake yourself loose. Get that thing off of you. Confess it and then move forward. Now, here are some steps to becoming strong, to be preparing for spiritual battle. Here are some things we need to do, some base things. Number one, you need to believe you are in a spiritual war. I told you earlier that whether you like it or not, you are at war. But here's the thing about it. When you think about that, man, I'm at war. I just really don't want to be in this war. Well, I want to tell you something. If you do what we've been saying, just do what the commander-in-chief tells you to do, the war will be a very simple thing. Very simple. Come on. He's got it all planned out. He's got every move all the way to the end. The Bible says God sees the beginning. uh, He sees the end from the beginning. Now, that, that means that he stands at the beginning and he sees all the way to the end. So outside of eternity, he's already seen the end. And if he's already seen the end, he's already made a way for our victory. But we just have to walk it out. It's all we have to do. Believe you are in that war. Listen, the enemy has a purpose to destroy your life any way possible, by any means necessary. Come on. There is no hiding. and There is no retreating. No giving up. And no giving any ground. We're going to read a scripture in a minute that talks about putting on the whole armor of God. When you read that scripture, one of the things that you'll notice, this just came to me, is that everything in front of you is protected and your head is protected. But your back is not protected. You you realize that? And the reason for that is because there's no tucking your tail and running. Your back will never be exposed because God never wants you to retreat. He never wants you to turn and run. You always face your enemy, face your fear because you have the power of God in you. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Come on, no running. And then you need to believe the truth that in the end we win. Though we are in a spiritual war, listen, read the end of the book. We win. I've read the end and we win. Next thing you need to do is don't be so arrogant to not understand that you are a target and in fact that kind of that kind of makes me happy a little bit to know that I'm a target because if I'm a target that means I must be a threat to the enemy come on I'm if I'm a target I must be a threat to the enemy must be something because you targeted me you wouldn't target me if I wasn't a threat so understand that you are a target. You are a target, and, an in- and the enemy comes to steal everything that could be whole, healing, fruit-bearing in your life. He wants to take those things away. Understand that. And then you need to believe that you can lose ground. Come on, I'm, I'm taking our arrogance out of this thing. You need to believe that if you, ge- if you give it up, you can lose ground. Ask Adam and Eve. Come on. If you give it up, you can lose ground. Now, out of all these things that we need to understand and prepare for spiritual battle, you need to understand there's a flip side to all this. You need to also understand that you can gain ground. Come on. But don't be so arrogant to just say, well, you know, uh, the enemy doesn't mess with me. I'll just go ahead and live my life. In other words, not only pride we're taking down today, but apathy. See, if you're apathetic, the enemy has you right where he wants you. Believe that defeat is costly. People fall into sin often because they don't really believe that defeat is costly. Well, yeah, you know, I I can, I'll do this thing and, you know, I just, I ask for forgiveness and yeah, it may hurt me a little bit, but you know, I'll just have to, I'll get over it. You know, they don't understand how costly this thing is. You see, sin comes with a great price. And you say, well, you know what, uh, Pastor Mike, when I read, you know, I read that Jesus died for our sins on the cross and he died for all of our past sins, all of our present sins and all of our future sins. And so if knowing that, then, uh, you know, it's no problem. Well, here's what you have to understand. He did die for your sins, but Paul put it like this. He said, oh, should I take your grace for granted? God forbid, God forbid, don't take his grace for granted. In other words, if I took a gun and shot off my pinky toe, and then I said, oh, Lord, please forgive me because I was so upset that I shot off my toe. He says, of course, I forgive you for that. But guess what? You're still without a toe. Come on. Now, God can restore that thing. Of course, he's a miracle-working God. But I'm saying there are consequences to what we do. Come on. When you say things that you know you shouldn't say, and you hurt someone else come on, we've all been here you can ask for forgiveness and that person will very well forgive you and so will God but it still hurt it still hurt see you can't get that back and so we have to understand that defeat is costly and if you don't make a decision to be strong saints and be ready for battle you will be defeated and costly consequences will be faced But this morning, I'm saying that is not us. Come on. We prayed the prayer. We wiped our slate clean. Every area that we've fallen short, we put it before God. Cast our cares before you because you care for us, Lord. Every sin I've committed, every every place I've fallen short in my life, I put it before you. Now, by the blood of the lamb shed on the cross, they're all wiped away. Now, Jesus says, get up, take up your bed, walk. And sin no more, thank you. Sin no more, come on. Why? Because you're preparing for spiritual battle. Come on. The enemy has methods that work against you, saints. I'm just telling you this morning to recognize these things. This is a long series, we're about halfway through it. And so we'll get to the overcoming, but first we just have to have our eyes open. We need to be able to recognize the wiles of the enemy. Here's some of the things that the enemy will come to do that you need to be aware of. Number one, he comes to snatch away the preached Word of God from your heart before it can take root. You see, all that I'm saying to you are just words that I'm saying I believe God gave me to say. But we're on the same level here talking about the, the, the Bible and talking about the Word of God. But it's the Holy Spirit that takes that Word and increases it in your life. It's the Holy Spirit if you allow the word to take root that will grow it up and it will bring forth fruit in your life. And so we have to allow the word of God to take root in us otherwise the enemy will come and snatch that thing away. We cannot doubt the word of God for when you doubt you are giving place to the devil. You are allowing him to come and snatch that word right out. Before it gives an opportunity to take root. Matthew 13, 19 says, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, that means does not comprehend it, does not take it in and maul it over, observe to do all that is written therein. When you don't do that, then the wicked one comes and snatches away that which was sown, interesting, in his heart. Snatches away that was sown in your heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. The enemy wants to come and snatch that word that God planted with the intent of bringing forth fruit in your life. See, when you have a bad attitude, you're opening the door for the enemy to snatch the word right out of you. Come on. When you say those things that you shouldn't say, and don't ask for forgiveness. You're allowing the enemy to come in and snatch that word. Come on. When you're living an immoral life, Looking at it, maybe I shouldn't look at that computer screen like I did. Or maybe I shouldn't argue with that person and come back and say those things that I did. When you do those things, you're allowing the enemy to come in and snatch the word right away. Because that word is not taking root. And when he says those, and those that do not understand it, do you, do you realize that understanding is a two-way street? It's the, it's the job of the speaker to, to put it in a way that you can comprehend it. But it's your job to take that thing in and maul over it and put it down in your heart. Or you'll never understand it. You can't just sit back in your chair or on your couch and say, Okay, make me understand. No, you have a part to play also. You have to you can't sit back like this, make me understand. You got to get up like this. Now what is it that you're saying? You know, one of the things I like about my wife, whenever anyone speaks usually and gives scripture and is explaining, including me, uh, she takes that same scripture and she looks at the, the passage before and the passage after, puts it in context, like a Berean, you know, see if what you're saying is true. And it's not that she's doubting the word or doubting me or whoever's speaking, she's getting a comprehension of what's going on. You see, we need to understand what the word says. Don't take somebody else's word for it. This will remove doubt from your mind. You want to know how to do not doubt? Then you need to comprehend and understand the word. Another thing the enemy wants to do is isolate you from church. He wants to isolate you from friends and isolate you from family. Because if the enemy has you all to himself, now he can work on you. See, now he can put things in your mind and you can begin to mull them over. You ever had... You ever had a, a, what I call a beef with a person, you know, or something that somebody told you a person said uh, was against you and you kind of didn't like that thing and all of that and, and, but you don't go talk to the person. Or that person doesn't come talk to you. And the longer you don't talk to them, the more that thing, uh, you know, begins to uh, conjure up in your mind. And then the bigger it becomes. And because they said they didn't like the tie that you had on the other day, you let two, three weeks go by, and now all of a sudden they never liked you or your family. Come on. The devil puts all this stuff in your mind and becomes bigger than it ever was. And that may not have been what they meant because you don't communicate. And this is what the enemy wants to do. He wants to isolate you. I remember one time I was, I was playing for a church. I played keyboards for a church and... Uh, we, it was very, young. I was very young in my, in my Christian walk. I was about 18 and I'd just been saved about a year and I was playing for this church and what happened was one Sunday I, I, I didn't go to church for some reason. I can't even remember why I didn't go that Sunday and I didn't go to church and uh, so, you know, they had church and I didn't go and I said, I'm gonna go next Sunday. No problem. I'll be back in there and so that next Sunday something else happened where I couldn't go. So I had another excuse or something happened. I didn't go. Well, by the third Sunday, I was ready to go back to church because I actually missed it. But this thing in my mind was like, man, you shouldn't go back because they're probably saying, what the heck happened to him? And they probably mad at you because you didn't play the last two Sundays and they probably were counting on you and they, they're wondering what's going on. And it would be embarrassing to go back in there and them ask you all these questions and you really don't have a good excuse. And the enemy put all these things in my mind. Why not to go back to church? so I didn't go back to church that Sunday either finally the fourth Sunday I said you know what this is this is baloney I'm just gonna go back to church you know it's like the prodigal son if they want to set me down from the team and all of that and uh, you know I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go back you know and I was you know I was single and all that and uh, you know just living by myself in an apartment and there was nobody I was isolated you see All these thoughts came to my mind. And finally, that fourth Sunday, uh, I went back to church. Man, you would have thought that, uh, you know, the second coming of Jesus. Oh, Brother Mike, we can't believe we thought something happened to you. Get up there on the keyboard. Come on, we've been missing you. They just welcomed me with open arms. And all of this time, the enemy put in my mind, man, they're going to separate you. You know, you're going to be embarrassed by going back. Lack of communication. The enemy wants to isolate us from others. It's what he wants to do. Psalm 68, 6 says, God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity. Yes, you too can overcome. Come on. But the rebellious dwell in a dry land. You want to stay rebellious? You'll stay in a dry land. You'll be thirsty. Come on. Number three, he wants to maneuver you into a place. When God puts it this way through the prophet Isaiah, Whew, it's like idolatry. Lord, I would never fall into idolatry. You are the only God. Yeah, well, you're stubborn. It's just like it. And if you're being rebellious, not doing what I'm telling you to do, you're being just like it. When I tell you that you can overcome, when I tell you that you are the head, when I tell you who you are, and you don't act like that, you're being rebellious. Come on. (laughs) Right? Being rebellious. Amen. We don't act like who you are. You are a Christian. You are an overcomer. You are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Come on. Now act like it. <laughs> That's what God is telling us. He wants to move, maneuver us into that place of rebellion. Also, He wants to move you to doubt the Word of God. Move you to doubt the Word of God, starting from the beginning. Come on, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And then right after that, you know, right, not too many uh, scriptures later, verses later, it says uh, he began to talk to Eve. (laughs) Come on, did he really say that? Right from the beginning, that's what he wants to do. He wants you to doubt God's word. If God tells you, if Jesus walked this earth in the flesh, and he tells you like he told his disciples, that when you pray, believe that you receive what you ask, and you shall have it. And you say, well, that sounds kind of good, but I'm not really sure. You're just like a witch. I'm, now, I didn't, I didn't call you a witch. I'm not calling no names. Come on now. But I'm just telling you what the Bible said. Because now you're in rebellion to what God said. God says one thing, you saying, I don't know. What is that? If that's not doubt, I don't know what is. But he says, do not doubt in your heart who you are. Do not doubt it. Do not doubt his word, but that's what the enemy wants to do. He did it with Eve. And then Jesus said this in John chapter 8. He said, he was talking to the Pharisees and he said, you are of your father the devil and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because why? The truth is not in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. For he is a liar and the father of it. The devil is a liar. Why would you listen to him? See, you got to recognize when the devil is talking to you, when your flesh is talking to you, and when the Holy Spirit is talking to you. And out of of the three of those, there's only one you should listen to. Come on, sometimes it's not yourself. (laughs) It's the Holy Spirit of God talking to you that you should listen to. Because the other two are lying. They're lying. Come on. He wants to corrupt your simplicity in knowing and loving Christ. Folks, I want to tell you something. Knowing and loving Christ is not as complicated as you think it is. Hear what I tell you to do and do it. Faith. You want to know what faith is? God says, hear what I tell you to do and do it. Be obedient. Hear it, do it. Faith. Now you're walking in faith. It's not that difficult. We make it much more difficult than it is. And then he wants to attack you after a blessing or a victory or a breakthrough that you've had. He'll attack you immediately after it. Some people don't even want to give a testimony because they know that after they've testified about what God has done, they're going to be attacked. Or the enemy's going to come at them in some kind of a way. But God loves those who testify anyway. Do not doubt Come on, do not doubt the Word of God. I want to finish, and I'm not going to preach these eight points, but I just want to give you eight decisive steps to becoming strong in spiritual battle. If you're taking notes, just write these down. Here are eight steps you can take to be strong in this spiritual battle to prepare. Number one, you wouldn't think that this would be something that you need to do to prepare for battle, but it is. Submit. Come on. Submit. Every part of our life that is not submitted will draw an attack from the enemy. I'll say that again. Every part of our life that is not submitted will draw an attack from the enemy. We have victory in spiritual warfare by counting ourselves as dead, but the Holy Spirit in us as alive. Come on, more alive than ever. Our flesh crucified with Christ. Come on, elder. The life we now live is not our own, but Christ who lives through us. And if it's Christ living in me, how can I lose? How can you? Christ doesn't lose. Remember we talked about this before. He, just, he, can't, take, he can't be second. It's impossible for him to be second. Right? If he played golf, he'd get an 18. Right? How many points can you get in 40 minutes? That's how many points he would get if he played the game of basketball. How many ever that there are possible to get. He can't lose. He can't be second. So if he is in me, come on, saints, how can I lose? Because I'm with him. Not because of me, but because I'm with him. Submit. Full. Second, you need to prepare. How is that? By putting on the whole armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 13 to 17 therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil the evil day and having done all to what stand it says stand therefore girding your waist with truth having put on the breastplate of righteousness come on having shod your feet feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace then he says above all taking the shield of faith it's not a wonder why faith is above all you must have faith we walk by faith in which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one and then take on the helmet of salvation the sword of the spirit which is what the word of God nothing on your back Because you're not going to retreat. You're not going to turn and run. But now, when you do this, you are ready for battle. Put on that armor of God. Put on the helmet of salvation. That breastplate of righteousness. That belt of truth. The shoes of peace. Come on. Jesus said this. God gave me a revelation uh, not too long ago. In this situation that's going on between a couple of very good friends of mine. and uh, He said, blessed are the peacemakers. Not the peacekeepers, So I was trying to keep peace between these two. But God said, no, blessed are the peacemakers. You go and you make peace. Come on. Shod your feet with peace. You have that shield of faith. I believe you, God. I believe your word. And not only will I say it, but I'll walk it out. Come on. And then the sword of the spirit. You can't have the sword of the spirit unless you know it. It's got to be in you. That means you got to read your Bible, yes. You have to read it. Come on. Now, resist. You have to be able to resist. Go on the offense, saints. Show yourself ready to resist. Resist doesn't always mean waiting. Resisting sometimes means going forward. Right? Going forward. Move forward into it. Resist. Then you have to position yourself. Stand with the authority that God has given you. Do you know that you have authority? Come on. Luke chapter 10 verse 19. Behold, I give you the authority to trample serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. You have authority. You have the authority. It says he called the 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure all diseases. And guess what? That for them was a temporary authority at the moment. But then something happened in the upper room. Come on now, where he poured out his spirit and it's poured out upon you. He said, You will do greater things than even I have done while I walk the earth because my spirit will be in you. You have authority. And then doing all you can do to stand, stand. You stand, you draw a line and say, no more. The enemy is not coming one step further into my house, into my life, into my family, into my children. Come on. The enemy will not do it. Stand in the place of faith, armed and ready for battle. In other words, bring it on. Come on, don't shy away, but tell him, bring it on. And in doing all this, you must believe. You cannot go into battle not believing that you can win. I tell you what, you know, we heard all this stuff. Well, some of us who are football fans heard all this stuff about the potent Bronco offense. You know, and they had the greatest offense that ever was. Come on. But these guys on the other side of the ball believed they could win. They didn't for one minute say, oh, You know, I just don't know how we're going to deal with this offense. I don't know how we're going to deal with these guys. They said, no. And they didn't do anything different. They didn't change their schemes. They didn't uh, go into the film room and come up with some trick plays on defense. They said, we are who we are, and you've got to beat us. This is you. Believe that you have the victory. You don't need any fancy schemes. You don't need any tricks all you need is Jesus Christ in you. Stand and believe. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And then, after you've done all of that, receive the supernatural strength that God has given you. You've got to say with your mouth, I can do all, 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 all things through Christ, that is the anointing of God, that is the Holy Spirit of God, I can do all things through Christ, which what? Strengthens me. Christ strengthens me. Now our base scripture for this whole series is that Second Chronicles, where God tells the Israelites, he says, my eyes go throughout the whole earth looking for someone. I just can't wait. I want to find somebody that I can show myself strong through, that I can strengthen and I can make strong. Come on, will you be the person to say, hey, I'm that one, Lord. You can show yourself mighty and strong through me. Come on. All these people who have done great things for the Lord are not better than you. Come on. Catherine Kuhlman, Oral Roberts, come on, Billy Graham, all of these people, T.D. Jakes, You know what the difference is in them and and you and I? They said, Lord, I'm the one that you can show yourself strong through. I know I can't do it, but if you want to show yourself strong through me, here I am. Come on. That's what they said. That's what Isaiah said. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Psalm 28, 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices. And with my song, I will praise him. In the day when I cried out, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. And then after we receive it, we've got to declare it. Listen, if you have a strength like this, and you have a knowledge like this, a faith like this, and a victory like this, why would you keep it to yourself? Come on. You wouldn't do that in any other situation. If you won the lottery, you might try to keep it to yourself, but one day you just, I got to tell somebody. Come on. I got to tell somebody. Come on, you experienced that? Not winning the lottery, but have you experienced having something and something great has happened to you and you just got to tell somebody? That's the way this thing is, the strength of God in you. I just got to tell somebody about God. Come on. And what he's done in my life. That's why we testify. And that's how we overcome by the word of our testimony. You've got to declare it. Even Job. Come on. Knew that he had a hedge around him. He declared it. David said, truly my soul silently waits for God. From him comes my salvation. God is my hedge. He's a fence or a boundary around me. Jeremiah said, truly in vain is salvation hoped for from the hills and from the multitudes of mountains. But truly in the Lord our God is the salvation of Israel. You've got to declare it. Where is your salvation? It's in Jesus Christ. Come on, and I don't care who it is. Somebody in the world, i tell them, look, you can look for salvation in the government. You can look for salvation in any other place. But the only salvation only comes by one name. And it's not by any other religion. I'll tell a universal unitarian, you can look for salvation in a tree, but you will not find it. It only comes in the name of Jesus Christ. The only way. He said, I am the truth, the way, and the life. No one comes to the Father. By any other name. Not Buddha, Muhammad. Not whatever it is you think you can get there. But only by Jesus. You've got to declare it, saints. And you've got to say, God is my hedge. He's my fence. He's my boundary. He's my deliverer. He's my refuge. He's my fortress. Come on. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, I will trust in Him. Be confident in the Lord, saints. Say it, that God is my defender. Come on, He's the one. He defends you. You can rest in the authority of God. And I believe that the Lord wants us to know this morning that he's got your back. Come on. When you step out there, he's got your back. When you say, I believe you, he's right there to back you up. When you take action on what his word says, he's right there to back you up. God has got your back, saints. And so this is a battle we're in. And we must prepare for this spiritual battle. We must prepare for it. Because if not, you will lose. I don't know how many ways God says it in his Bible, but he says it a ton of different ways. That you are an overcomer, that I love you. Nothing will ever happen to you that I do not allow or that will not be for your good. Come on, for the good of them. All, good, all things happen for the good of them. Come on.